0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we discussed, or I discussed, how and why losing fat got more difficult. So talking about not just from a plateau standpoint, but when you tried a diet in the past and it worked pretty well, even though it was a temporary result, you thought that it worked well and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to that old diet, and then it didn't work again. You're like, what the hell? Is it my age? Is it my hormones? What's going on? Well, I'm going to explain exactly why that happens. And this is something that you may have not heard before. So it's worth hearing because I also tell you what to do about it so that you can continue to make progress and not get frustrated. It's an important episode understanding why losing fat got exponentially harder with each attempt To lose fat and ultimately what to do about it so you don't get caught up in the frustration. And if you appreciate the episode, please do me a favor and share it to your stories on on Instagram. We'll get to iTunes in a second. But first, let's start with Instagram. Share it to your stories. Take a screenshot, post it, and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And with iTunes, you can just go and leave me a five-star rating and review. If you enjoy the show. And only if you enjoy the show. I want honest reviews, honest feedback. You can leave me a five-star rating and review and be like, the content is amazing, but damn, Mike just goes on too many tangents or whatever it may be. I'm okay with some constructive criticism, but I want honest feedback. Five-star reviews help the show grow. And we are taking off. The show has been exponentially increasing. It's been amazing to see the growth. The new audience, Like, welcome if you are a new listener. I truly appreciate you. And if you are an OG, I got nothing but love for you. You have literally changed everything with this show. And just because of the reviews, because of you sharing, it has been incredible to see over the past few months, especially. So thank you guys. I love you. Please do me a favor and share it, tag me, DM me or any of your questions. I'm always available. And hopefully... You will enjoy the episode. All right, guys, we are back with another Monday evening training session in the Facebook group. Or if you're listening on the podcast, it's likely Wednesday or Thursday. If you are one of those people who listens right when a new episode comes out, that is typically me. I like to go back and listen to old episodes if I am, you know, for whatever podcast I'm listening to. And if I stumble upon a new one, I try to stay up to date whenever a new one comes out but then I'll go back after I finish um you know the most recent episode and I'll listen to some old ones and then when I get that notification that that another one was released I get all excited that's just me maybe you're different I don't know so it could be any day really um anyway we're going to be talking about why losing fat got increasingly more difficult over time can be super frustrating and I'm not just talking about like In the midst of it, I'm not just talking about like, hey, I'm trying to lose some fat and it got more difficult when I was in month six versus month three. I'm talking about over years. I'm talking about how this happens over years of our lives and why it happens. And there's a very simple answer for this. And it makes a lot of sense once you hear it broken down. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I am going to break it all down for you. And really, it is one of the most frustrating things, especially because we often feel like we should just be able to go back to what worked before. So let's say you had success with a program. And by success, I'm defining that as a temporary result. Let's say you lost 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds on a program, and then either hit a plateau and couldn't make any more progress, or life happened, you gained the weight back, and now you're feeling like you're stuck. You don't know what to do. You don't know what direction to go. And you've tried a bunch of different things. And you're like, you know what? That one program that I did back in the day, that was pretty successful. Well, let me jump back into that one. And so you jump back in and you're all excited. And you're like, yes, I'm going to do this again, except this time nothing happens. So you're like, wait a minute. I don't understand. That worked before. I lost you know 20 pounds before on that program, but now it's not working. And then we immediately assume, oh, well, it must be my age because I'm older now. It must be my hormones. It must be my whatever. <laughs> and it's really not that complicated. It's actually usually a more simple answer. And the good thing is that there is a solution. But I know how how frustrating it be, can be because typically once we start to... So we either blame like age or hormones or something like that and then we kind of get caught up in that why even bother mindset. We're like, well, if this isn't working then nothing's going to work, or we try harder and we step on the gas pedal even more. We're like, you know what? I'm just not trying hard enough. I'm going to push and restrict calories more. And I'm going to train my ass off. I'm going to add another cardio day and I'm going to take all these supplements and now my body will have to respond. And then it doesn't. So let's address why something worked before, but not now, or why something was working, and then you hit a plateau, and then it stopped working. So for starters, the first thing that we have to always understand, pretty much everybody here, if you are watching on the live, or if you are listening on the podcast, I can safely say that 100% of us have already played our best card. We no longer have our best card. We played it already. And that is newbie gains. That is the very first time that you attempt to lose weight will be the easiest. And we have all already played that card. Maybe there's somebody out there, one you know, young brave soul who just started listening to my podcast because or joined the Facebook group just because and hasn't even attempted To lose weight. The odds of that are slim to none. And I think slim just went on vacation. So none, Um, maybe there's one, but it's very unlikely. So the first time that we try to lose weight will likely be the easiest, just like the first time we try to build muscle will be the easiest. It's because it's a new stimulus. Our body isn't used to that stimulus. So it responds really well. It's pretty easy. It's likely that you just Restricted calories in some way and increased your movement, started working out, and your body responded really, really well. So, we're well past that point. We've played that card already. You know, it's one of those things that if I could, you know, go back in time and do one thing differently, I mean, there's a lot of things that I would do differently if I could go back in time. But when it comes to my weight loss journey, one of the things is. I would have taken way more advantage of my newbie gains. God, I wasted them by dieting like an idiot. Um, So I know that I'm not alone with that, but I would for sure be a little bit more intelligent about my newbie gains. I didn't build that much muscle because I was eating so little. I wish that I had just maximized that time to put on a bunch of muscle um, and it would have saved me from a lot of metabolic damage. But And I actually, it's funny because I just said metabolic damage without even thinking about it. And I just was talking to somebody about how I don't like that phrase. I prefer metabolic adaptation, but it's okay. Um, So it would have saved me a lot of frustration is the bottom line. So we've, we've all played that card. We're past that point. We can't go back in time. We can't get our newbie gains back. There are things that we can do, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But let's first look at why something that worked. Let's say we used our our newbie gains on a program. It doesn't even matter what the program was. Let's just call it a 1,200 calorie diet. That's pretty standard across the board, especially for a lot of women. You read something, uh, 1,200 calories somehow became the magic number. So let's just say you did that as your first attempt at losing body fat and it worked pretty well. You lost 10 pounds, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds on that 1,200 calorie diet. And then life happened um, and, and you gained it back and then you tried it again and it didn't work. So what we're going to do is we're going to take certain things out of the equation. Age, number one, age certainly plays a role. By the way, the age card is one that actually isn't that valid. And I'll tell you why. The metabolic slowdown that happens with age is grossly overestimated. And what research tells us is that our metabolism slows with age, but it's almost negligible. It's really not that much at all. The reason why it becomes substantial is if we stop working out and building muscle or maintaining muscle. So the slowdown that typically happens with age is due to muscle loss and lack of activity, and we stop eating well. So it actually doesn't have to do with the aging process itself it more so has to do with the habits that either we get rid of or that we pick up that contribute to a slower metabolism. So let's just say that the age excuse, yes, there are hormonal considerations for sure as we age. However, the actual metabolic slowdown is grossly overestimated. Um, So we're going to ignore the fact that age plays a role. We're going to ignore our environment, because sometimes, you know, it's a whole different environment from that first time, um, or it doesn't even have to be the first time, but you had a successful experience, um, temporary success with a program. Let's just say, uh, you know, you tried a 1200 calorie diet uh, and it worked well, and then you tried again, it didn't work well. The environment that you were in could be very different uh, in terms of just your surroundings, your support system. Uh, whether you were in like a busy city or out in nature like even physical environment but also environment like what you were consuming on social media um the you know your friends your family all these different things could have been variable could have changed over time so that could play a role for sure so but we're going to take that out of the equation as well hormones absolutely play a role i did a whole post on this about how yes it's probably your hormones but not your hormones in the way that you think your hormones are affected. Most of the time, we believe that we're broken and our hormones just, you know we need to be fixed. But I was talking about it from the perspective of it's more so that we restrict and deprive ourselves and don't fuel our metabolism properly, and then we suffer the hormonal consequences. So it's not that we are like broken individuals. It's just that we need to be a little bit more intelligent about how we approach things. So We're going to even take hormones out of the equation, even though they play a big role and the context of the situation. And what I mean by that is you may have a whole bunch of different things in your life um, in terms of stress, in terms of your sleep schedule, in terms of your family life. Maybe the first time you didn't have kids, but now you do have kids. Maybe the first time you were single, but now you're married. The whole context could be different. We're going to take that out of the equation as well. And what I want to really focus on is the adaptation process and the metabolic memory that your body has, that our bodies have. So there's the adaptation process, which is when we think of a standard plateau, this is just nothing more than an adaptation. I did a whole episode on how to break through a plateau. So if you need to go back and listen to that one, um, I don't know the exact episode number, but it was not that long ago. So somewhere in the last 10 episodes, I'm recording episode number 171 right now. Somewhere in the 160s, you'll find the how to break a plateau episode, I think. If not, it's at least in the 150s or 160s. So you can listen to that if you want to know exactly how to break through a plateau. So it's either that. um, we've, We've hit this adaptation process our body has downregulated to adapt to low calories. So let's use the 1,200 calorie example. We've been eating 1,200 calories. Our body's responding. We're feeling good. And then all of a sudden, boom, we hit that brick wall. And it's like, oh my God, what happened? Your body adapted. Nothing more, nothing less. It's possible that you're just not being patient enough. It's possible that you're actually making progress, but you're not seeing it through, or you're not measuring progress in any other way than just the scale but, for all intents and purposes, let's just say that you really legit hit a plateau. So your body adapted, your metabolism downregulated, that's where we see some of the hormonal implications, hunger signals being increased, sex hormones hormones being decreased, thyroid hormone being decreased, um, cortisol being increased, that type of thing. That is perfectly normal. It's not a bad thing. It's actually a survival mechanism, so you should thank your body for protecting you. Uh, and then we should actually learn uh, about fueling our bodies appropriately. But the other thing that happens is, let's say that you went through this dieting process and you didn't hit a plateau, but you did this like years ago, you hit that 1200 calorie diet, it worked pretty well, and then you gained the weight back. And then you're like, you know what? That 1200 calorie diet worked really well. I want to do that again. And then your body doesn't respond. Now your body has this metabolic memory, Okay. So it remembers the fact that, hey, when we had that 1,200-calorie diet, that wasn't too fun. <laughs> it was a stress. And the adaptations that occurred, they took a while to occur the first time because it was new. Your body was still trying to get a, a feel for what was happening. So the downregulation of your metabolism didn't happen right away. The downregulation of your sex hormones, of your thyroid, didn't happen right away. The excessive cortisol output didn't happen right away. It all took time. The increase in hunger and cravings took time. Now, you try it again, and your body is like, "Uh uh-uh, we've been here before. I know what this signal looks like because I remember that stress. And so I am going to adapt quicker by downregulating quicker and that's why we hit a plateau even faster the second time and then even faster the third time and then even faster the 17th time and i think about my own personal journey a lot when i when i train or when i teach this concept because i i struggled with this so much that i kept making it worse by getting more extreme so the plateau would happen in a much shorter time frame each dieting attempt And instead of being like, maybe I should listen to what my body's telling me, my solution was maybe I need to be more aggressive. Maybe I need to restrict calories more. Maybe I need to add more cardio. Maybe I need to add an extra training day. Maybe it's the supplements I'm taking. I would think of everything I could possibly do to continue making progress. And of course, that would just make the adaptation worse. By the way, your body protecting you from a stressor that it's all already been through, is what our bodies are designed to do. If you think about any adaptation that occurs, even like building muscle, when we build muscle, getting under a heavy barbell is a stress, and your body remembers that stress. So in order to prevent you from getting crushed under a barbell, your body's like, hey, if we're going to be putting ourselves under this heavy-ass barbell that could crush us, let's build some muscle to protect us, right? And so that's how you get stronger. It's the same thing, but we're doing it with a negative adaptation. We are taking calories away, so your body registers, "Oh, there's there's a famine happening. We need to preserve energy." And the quicker that that adaptation occurs, the quicker you hit a plateau, and the more frustrated you get, and then the quicker you say "fuck it" and and go off, you know, and and default back to what you were previously doing. And then you say, oh man, nothing has ever worked for me. Well, if you just knew how to work smarter and not harder, then you would figure out that it's not the, it's not your body's fault. It's the vehicle that you're trying. It's the method that you're trying that's just not, uh, not working well because your body doesn't want to go through that miserable stress again. So it's protecting you. Um, so we see that this happens the more dieting attempts you have. So if you think back to your history, and you think, oh man, I've actually done like twenty to thirty diets. Yeah, there's a reason why just going to twelve hundred calories isn't working. Maybe you lose a couple pounds, and then you hit that wall, and you're like, oh, screw this. Or you say, maybe I should lose, or maybe I should go to thousand calories, um, or eight hundred calories, or whatever. You know, how much can I suffer to get this fat off my body? The problem is. You're going to put the fat back on your body, and then it's going to be more difficult because you've played that card. You've sent that same stimulus, that same signal again to your body. So, most of the time, it happens uh, where we rebound and we gain weight back. It's this like weight overshooting theory, which is like your body, once again, trying to prevent future stress in that same regard. So, it's like just like it's trying to prevent you from getting crushed under the barbell by putting on muscle. The same thing is trying to protect you from future famine by adding excess body fat, which is why it's so easy to gain after a restricted period. So when you are going super low calorie, it's easier to gain weight back because of the fact that your body is trying to protect you from future famine, from that same stress that it already experienced. It remembers. So you hit that plateau let's say you only lose five pounds, you hit that plateau, and it's like, crap, what do I do now? Well, I'm going to tell you what we need to do, but sometimes that, that frustration can set in. And I can give you a personal example. Last summer, when I was prepping for a photo shoot, my body has been through the ringer. I have been a chronic dieter. I've been through all the dumbest shit you can imagine in terms of uh, you know restriction and deprivation. So when I started my prep and I went down and I cut calories, my body did not budge, did not lose anything. I was not getting leaner. It was very frustrating. And I was doing a photo shoot for a charity event, and I really wanted to like, see it through. So I had to get very extreme the last three weeks just to be able to um, get the results, to be able to trigger enough of a stimulus that my body wasn't used to in order to get the desired result. And of course, it put me in a position, which I knew that it would, where I had a lot of cravings, I had a lack of control around food, and I was quickly going to gain the weight back, which I knew was going to happen. It was still annoying because I I knew it and I still did it. Um, Even though I accomplished the goal of being photo shoot ready, it didn't matter because it's frustrating. Like You get to that point and you want to stay there, but it's not sustainable. So if we know that our body recognizes that same stress response and it's going to be like, nah, I'm not going through this ever again. And the adaptations happen much quicker. So what do we do? If we know that, we have to think differently. We have to think about two things that, that we can use to our advantage. One, that a new stimulus will provide a better response right just like i mentioned the first time that you tried to lose body fat it was that new stimulus that made it so easy that first time you tried to build muscle it was that new stimulus of picking up heavy weights that made it easy but once that stimulus, like when you're you know 40 50 60 and you've been lifting weights for you know 10 20 30 years it's really hard to build muscle there's not many you know it's not much of a new stimulus involved it's very difficult to build muscle Just like when you've been dieting 10, 20, 30 years, it's really difficult to lose body fat. You've been through it all. Your body already is ready and recognizes that stress response, and it adapts much quicker. We don't want that. So we want to send a new stimulus. So once again, there's a lot of other variables that I'm taking out of the equation on purpose. And I'm not talking about your age. I'm not talking about your environment. I'm not talking about what phase of life you're in or the other stressors in your life. I'm just talking about the sense of that metabolic memory. So the first asset that we have is a new stimulus. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you've always been eating less, the new stimulus would be eating more. If you've always been doing cardio, the new stimulus would be strength training. If you've always been doing like 10 to 15 reps, the new stimulus would be maybe do some like four to six reps. So understand there's the new stimulus that your body isn't used to can produce that almost newbie-like response. That's why there are a lot of people that are hyper-responders when it comes to metabolic priming or what most people call reverse dieting. I don't like calling it reverse dieting. I like calling it metabolic priming because it's more accurate. Reverse dieting gets butchered all the time. So it's just a word that I don't use all that often. Most people just Increase, 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 increase without much direction or really knowing what they're trying to accomplish. Metabolic priming, it says it in the name. We're literally priming your metabolism to respond to elicit the response that we want. So we're priming it to allow your body to let go of body fat, to build muscle, to ha- increase your metabolic rate. We're priming it for overall health and longevity. We're not just reversing your diet and just increasing calories arbitrarily. There's intention behind it. So that's why I like that phrase. But most of the hyper-responders, it's because it's a new stimulus. And now all of a sudden, your body's like, oh, this is great. We actually have food again, and we have the right kinds of foods, and there's a reason for those food choices and those macro ratios, and I'm going to respond really well to this. Other people, it's just a healing phase because you, their, their bodies have been through so much that it's repairing some of those metabolic adaptations. They're not going to be a hyper responder. Being a hyper responder is the minority. I wish that everybody was a hyper responder, but that's just not not facts. So most people, we just want them to maintain while we go through the metabolic priming phase. So we understand that. If nothing else, your main takeaway is putting my body into the same stressed out state that it was before isn't going to work, then I'm happy with that. So at least think about things from that perspective. It got more difficult. Your body remembers. It's not going back to what you put it through. So at least we have to think about things a little bit differently. Um, The new stimulus should be the other takeaway. What type of new stimulus? If things are getting dry and you're hitting that plateau... Where can you find that new stimulus? It might be more recovery. Again, that could be a new stimulus. You're training your ass off, and you're going seven days a week cardio, strength, and you're pushing, pushing, pushing. The new stimulus may be hitting the brake pedal. The new stimulus, like I said, it might be training, changing the training modality. It might be changing the bot the uh, diet protocol. So a new stimulus might work well, and then metabolic priming because if we know that the stress response doesn't work. Shouldn't we try the opposite of a stress response, which would be sending that safety signal, which would be eating adequately, fueling you know, enough, eating enough so that your body does not feel threatened. It doesn't, it doesn't go back to that place that you put it through, that miserable place that you put it through. So we still have to understand energy balance. We still have to understand the laws of thermodynamics, but just from a conceptual 30,000 foot view, the opposite of stress would be safety in this case. Um, You know, you can argue that that's not actually the opposite of stress, but when it comes to your body, that's how I view it. It's either stress or it's stress management, which essentially is safety. There's no threat. We're, We're good. Everything's okay. So, fueling adequately enough so that we're sending a new stimulus potentially to be a hyper responder or simply going through this metabolic priming phase to heal some of those adaptations, to send that safety signal so your body will let go of body fat. It's going to help you break through that plateau. It's going to help you uh, not go back to that diet that worked before. It actually didn't work because you didn't sustain it, but that temporarily worked. So there are certain things that if you are going to try what you did before, let's say it's the 1200 calorie plan, which I do not recommend. Just let's just put that out there. Don't recommend 1200 calories. I think that's a terrible number for most people. There are rare exceptions, rare exceptions where 1200 calories is okay, like a, a very petite woman who probably doesn't move very much. Anyway, if you decide, like I'm going to go back to that, at least send more safety signals and have days at maintenance. So let's say, you may, might have two to three days at 1,200 calories, but then you have more days at maintenance, or you have a couple days at 1,200 calories, but most days at maintenance, or take diet breaks. Let's say you're at you know a, a reasonable number, whatever that looks like for you. Everybody's different, so it's always hard to throw out numbers because there's so much variance across the board. But let's just say you're at a modest deficit for yourself. Give yourself diet breaks. Give yourself maintenance weeks. We always think that we have to take this linear path. Like, I'm gonna rip the band aid off, I'm gonna lose the weight, and then I'm gonna live happily ever after. Except that hasn't happened yet. And if that was gonna happen, it would have happened by now because that's what everybody does. If everybody does that and very few people successfully lose weight and keep it off, we have to think differently. (laughs) There's like, we cannot keep falling into that same mindset, into that same trap of just trying the same shit over and over again and hoping for a different result. It doesn't work, and it's still not going to work. And in 20 years, when people are still doing the same shit, it'll still not work. It will never work. It has never worked, and it will never work. So hopefully, I'm making that point. We have to do something different. So if we are going to go back to lower calories, give yourself breaks. Stop condensing the time frame and thinking that it's going to be a linear path and then you're going to be fine. You're going to reach your goal weight and then all everything is going to be magical and you can just let up and go back to the way that you were doing things, except when you go back to that, you're going to gain the weight back, typically plus interest. So expand your time frame. You didn't get to this point overnight. You're not going to get to where you want to be overnight. And if you have plans to maintain it, which hopefully you do, if you have plans to sustain it, hopefully you do, you have to think, expand the time frame. So give yourself diet breaks, maintenance weeks, take your vacations, enjoy yourself, go out on the weekends, do your thing, have fun, enjoy life. There's a way to make that happen. And there's a way to actually use that to your advantage. Now there's some times where using that to your advantage loosely becomes eating like an asshole. There's a fine line there because I have seen people who are like, "Mike, you said that I should, you know, enjoy myself and so, you know, I haven't had a vegetable in a week and all I'm doing is like drinking, you know, a bottle of wine every night and ordering out every night and like that don't get it twisted, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you need a balanced approach. Not don't rush the process. Expand your time frame, do things the right way and it will be fine. You will get to where you want to be, but more importantly, you'll sustain it. So just remember that nobody has ever sustained their results by increasing their misery level, which means cutting out all the things they love, not being social, cutting out alcohol, cutting out sugar, cutting out all the fun foods, and just having no life and being fulfilled and fit. It doesn't happen. So think about it differently. Expand that time frame. Also, understand that one of the best assets you have is understanding your personality type. And I know I probably sound like a broken record, but it needs to be shared because not enough people are taking advantage of this information. Again, I'm going to use the analogy. I think I used this same analogy on the last episode, but I'm going to repeat it because it hits home. If you were to sign up for an online dating profile, you would not simply put your age, weight, height, sex, and physical activity into that profile. You would want more information in that profile so that you could match with somebody who is the right fit for you. Okay? That's the same thing with your nutrition, with your training. It's not simply about a data equation, age, height, weight, sex, whatever. It is more about who you are as a person, your behavioral tendencies, What motivates you, different triggers, how you prefer to communicate? All of these things play a role in your ability to stay consistent and ability to feel better through the process. So don't overlook that. We have a free assessment that you can take NeurotypeTraining.com. You can literally take the personality assessment for free and understand the role that your personality plays in your nutrition, in your fitness, really in your entire life. But let's just Keep it together here and we'll focus on the matter at hand. Um, I could go on a whole other episode about how important it is in every aspect of your life and how knowing your personality and having self awareness can make you a better person, a better employee, a better employer, a better husband, wife, partner, friend, everything. But we're just going to leave it here at the nutrition. If you're trying to change and improve your body composition, you have to know about your personality type. Take the neurotype assessment enjoy the process, expand your time frame. Excuse me, remember the new stimulus and that's going to be the main takeaway. I'm going to wrap up with this last message and just reiterate the fact that the stress response that you already put your body through a hundred times is not going to work the 101st time. You have to think about a new stimulus. Think about the safety signal. Think about eating adequately enough and enjoying the process And that will help you remove the frustration from your life because your body will actually respond. And more importantly, you will enjoy the process more. So hopefully this was helpful, guys. As always, I love to hear your feedback. I would appreciate it greatly. If you're on the Facebook Live, drop a comment. Let me know if this resonates with you. Let me know if this is helpful. If you're on the podcast, two things you can do for me. One, Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, the best way to help the show grow. And number two, post this to your stories. Just take a screenshot, tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and I will talk to you guys very soon.